0: Welcome to the Awake Church podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Good morning. Hope you guys are doing really well and great to see you here on this Sunday. Great to be together again. Um, I want to go ahead and and jump in here on some things that we kind of an extension of some of what we were talking about last week. Uh, So let's, I want to pray. Don't always pray at the beginning, but today, Lord help. And we just uh, look to you and thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the way that you communicate with us. Lord, thank you that you've given us everything, it says in your word, pertaining to life and godliness, every single thing. Thank you, Jesus, that you're here. Thank you for your spirit that's in this room. Thank you, God, for all you've done for each one of us. And we give you this time, the rest of our day. Lord, I ask that you'd cause not only our ears to be open, but our hearts to come alive even more in you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Coming alive and staying alive is a good thing. Last week I talked about capturing thoughts. If you were here, if you weren't here, uh, all of these messages are uh, on YouTube, they're on Facebook, we do have a podcast. If you have our app, you can listen to the podcast uh, while you're driving or wherever um, and catch up on anything you missed. But I, I was talking about being ruthless with thoughts that are not supposed to be in our minds because those Thoughts, those seeds of thought that are not supposed to be there, grow roots that touch our heart, and they can mess up the garden of our of our mind where we're not thinking right. And it's so important in every era, but in our lives right now, that we think clearly, that we have the thoughts of God, the mind of Christ, which it says that we have, if we want it, we can have the mind of Jesus. So we want to have his mind, his thoughts. Um, so that we can live the way that the Lord wants us to live. And part of the way that we stay clear in our thoughts, clear in our mind, has to do with this amazing book that God has given to us, right? This really is just incredible. Uh, Forty authors, 66 books, written over a period of 1,500 years, full of poetry and history and songs and prophecy, and stories. And then we get the life of Jesus, snapshots of words that the Son of God wrapped in human flesh and in his earth suit, the things that he said, the way that he lived, the way that he died and rose again. Then we have all the instructions of how to live fully alive that Paul wrote about and Peter and John. Just, um, it's incredible, these words. And as we Live in these words as we abide in the words of Jesus in particular. A lot of amazing things happen. We stay clear in mind, uh, which is going to help stay clear in heart. So we need this. I just want to encourage us to the plug for the Bible today, to read it and to eat it. Jeremiah said this, your words, I ate them and they became life to me. You know, when you eat something, whatever you eat becomes part of who you are. And when we eat these words, it helps renew our mind. I think one of the instructions that Paul gave to men, husbands, is to wash your wife with the water of the word, right? To speak a scripture over her. Does, there's a washing. Jesus said, you know, the words I'm speaking to you, they, they, they help wash you. So when we are in his word... And we, uh, we, we play it, whether it's, you know, when I come to work, here's what I do every morning on my way to work, is I play the Bible. So I've got the Word just in my speakers, and I'm listening to it while I'm driving. I'm not always even paying attention fully, but I, I'm hearing His words. And it's important to do every day to read it, to hear it, to bathe in it, to let the Word wash over us. And this is a, honestly not only a remarkable book, but it's a dangerous book. It's dangerous to the enemy. The enemy does not want you reading the Bible. He does not want you listening to the words about why you're here and the purpose that you have and what you can walk in. It's a extremely dangerous book to the kingdom of darkness. And so it's another reason why we need to be reading it because we want to be dangerous to the kingdom of darkness where we are light and we are life. And stuff comes out of us. In fact, Jesus said, if you abide in my word, this is Jesus' words, if you abide in my word, or his words that he's speaking, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Usually we always just hear the last part of that verse. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's true, but the first few words are, if you abide in my words, then you'll know the truth, and that truth will set you free. Freedom comes from abiding In the words of Jesus, that's where freedom comes because then we know the truth. And from that truth, there's freedom. I don't have to live that way. I don't have to think that way. So the scriptures are so important. One of the things that we learn from the scriptures is we also get glimpses about what the the father is really like. What he likes, what he loves, what he hates, what he dislikes, what's true. We get to learn about him. One of the prophets, Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however you say it, in 2.14 says this, but the time is coming when the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. One day he's prophesying that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Just like the seas are covering the earth with water the knowledge of God, the glory of God is going to be around the whole entire earth. And then Jesus, kind of in that vein, says this. He really prays it while he's walking. He's got his, right before he gets crucified, he's walking with his guys. There's a crowd there, the Bible says in this verse. But he says in John 12, 28, Father, he prays this prayer out loud for everyone to hear, glorify your name, which is a little bit like that Habakkuk prophecy, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven and said, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. You could hear Jesus' desire was for the name of his dad to be made great, would be glorified. And the father said, yes, and I'm going to do it again. My name is going to be made great, just like the waters cover the sea because they cover the earth. My name... My glory is going to go throughout all the earth, and that's part of what you and I are here to do as well, is to make God's name great, to share about how good he is, because people don't know. You hear all kind of things, even in our insurance policies. If something really bad happens, that's an act of God. This is the kind of things God does, because he wipes out things. Well, he is love, and we learn this from the scriptures. He is kind. There's other things that we've learned, and I want to, you know, one of the things of Jesus, he's not just an amazing teacher, prophet, you know, leader, friend, all of those things. But in Hebrews chapter one, it says this about Jesus. The first three verses says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also, excuse me, through whom he also made the world, and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. So we see that Jesus is the exact representation of his father. He made the world with the father, And he's the exact representation of the Father. So if we want to know how God feels, how he thinks, what he's like, what he likes, what he doesn't like, all we have to do is read about Jesus. And we know all about the Father. In fact, Jesus said this too. You'll remember, he said, if you've seen me, what? You've seen the Father because I'm just like him. He's just like me. So the kind of things that I do are the kind of things the Father would do. He also said, I'm not doing anything unless I see my Father doing it. And so we know that Jesus is this perfect representation. He is the extension of the Father in the earth. And so the kind of things that Jesus does and did are the kind of things that God likes. It's the kind of things he's all about. It's the kind of things he loves. Jesus said in Luke 18, 27, what is impossible with men is possible with God. What is impossible with men is possible with God. There's something about God, Jesus, who is God, that work, that live in the realm of the impossible. In fact, everything that God has ever done was impossible to do. Do you ever think about these things? Like nothing existed. And he began speaking. And that which was impossible became reality. People didn't exist. That which was impossible became reality. as he formed with his hands in the dirt of the other thing that was impossible that he made. And then there wasn't a woman yet and then the impossible was done and there she is, the pinnacle of creation, the most beautiful thing made. Right? True. Everything that he does was impossible to do. So when Jesus was Living and walking on water, which was impossible, that's just like the nature of God, just to do stuff that isn't supposed to be done. Or there's a dead person, stop the funeral procession. Young man, come back to life. Hands him back to his mom, his grieving mom. Raises the dead, turns water to wine, multiplies food, heals the sick. In fact, as you read the scriptures, you see that every person who came to Jesus looking for healing got it. He healed everywhere that he went. It was, you, you want to know the kind of things that God likes. One of them is to heal people. It's to set people free. Oh my goodness. He loves to set people free. Part of the reasons why Jesus came to the earth is for freedom, to set Every person free. If you're a bound person, guess what God's heart is for you? To be freed entirely from any type of bondage, every type of sin, every type of shame, any type of addiction. You know the will of God is for you to be free. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. We know God loves freedom. He loves your freedom. He has paid for it for each of us to be entirely free, to not be bound. Jeremiah 32, 17, he says this, ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. I could see him at night looking up, recognizing the God that he's serving made that star and that star and that moon. And he said, you made them by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. There's not one thing too difficult for the Lord. There's not one impossible situation with God because he's the God of the impossible. He's the God that does things beyond the natural. He's the supernatural God. I love that. The religious spirit is the opposite of this. You realize this, right? The religious spirit, it's all about learning and knowledge and form and tradition. Not supernatural, not intimate, not God speaking and us hearing and us being a part of what God wants to do, but we are called to have an intimate relationship with the God of the impossible so the impossible works through us. Yes, let's learn and grow in this word as we've just been talking about. But as we learn and grow in this word, we see that there's action in here and we see that there's things beyond just knowledge. Uh, I've had many a Christian minister, um, student of the Bible, argue with me about the things that are supernatural are no longer existence. That it is just... You know, those things died with the last apostle. And the the only thing that had to do with the supernatural was to show everyone that Jesus was God and then that supernatural to end. Once everybody knows that, he's God. So now it's just we live by our brains from here on out. We live by doing good things. We live by, yes, reading the word, but not living any of this, kind of flush the whole book of Acts because that was just for then. There's not one scripture. Do you realize this? There's not one scripture that says these things have ended. In fact, it's the exact opposite. You see that Peter said at the very beginning when the Holy Spirit fell, is this is for you and your children and all who are far off. All who are far off. Every part of what the Holy Spirit was doing in the book of Acts is for us today. We were far off. And now the Spirit of God has come near because we were born. And then we were born again. Then we were baptized in the Spirit of God, and now He lives in us. And we are called to do amazing things. How about this one? 1 John 2, verse 5 says, The one who says, this is, starts, this is where the Bible starts getting dangerous. The one who says He abides in Him, in Jesus, ought Himself to walk in the same manner as He walked. This is a challenge for me. How about you? If we say we abide in Jesus, which is part of our calling is to live in him and abide in him, then it says we, you and I, should walk in the same manner that he walked. What kind of manner is that? What's the manner of Jesus' walk? What kind of things did he do? A lot of things. Everywhere he went. One thing he wasn't afraid. How about that? That That's a great one to start with. He wasn't afraid. He walked in a manner where he was in alignment with his father all the time. In alignment with his father. Listening to what his father is saying so that he can do what his father wants him to do. And if I am in him, then this is what the scripture says, that you and I can walk the way that Jesus walked. In The same manner. And it's not only John saying this, Jesus said this. John 14, 12, everyone knows this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, shall you do also. And he wasn't just talking to his disciples. The works that I do shall you do also, and even greater works shall you do because I'm going to the Father. Meaning I'm going to the Father, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's gonna live on the inside of you. You will do the same kind of things I'm doing and even greater, even greater. Now, just because you and I haven't seen the even greater yet doesn't mean it's not possible. Right? It is very possible because The Spirit of God can do anything. And what I'm doing today, what I'm attempting to do today, is to stir all of us up, including myself. You are an amazing group of people. You guys minister to so many people. I mean, the stories that I hear from the, I think of the Awake Freedom and the prophetic teams and people getting prayed for up front, so many things, there's so much ministry going on. I'm just, I want to stir you up even more. Even what I Paul said to the Corinthians, who were the wild people, that was the wild congregation. They were the ones moving in the spirit and moving in the gifts. And what does Paul say to those who are already doing that? He says, I, I pray that you would even covet them more. Covet was a word he used. First Corinthians chapter 14, covet the gifts of the spirit so that more people will get blessed and loved on and realize that God is in them. Spiritually, earnestly desire these spiritual gifts so that the Spirit of Jesus will move through you and other people's lives will be changed. The world is the counterfeit. You are the real. The Spirit of God on the inside of us doing what is not supposed to be done. It is our calling. It is our calling, your and my calling, to walk in the manner of Jesus. I know this goes against Uh, a lot of what church around our country is about. Knowledge, just growing in knowledge, being a good person, being a good citizen. Now that's good. Both those things are good. Let's grow in the knowledge of God forever. That's part of our calling as well. But let's also grow in taking action, in being like Jesus in every way. The Bible is not primarily a set of rules. Did you know that? Primarily, it's not a book of rules, but a gateway to unlimited possibilities of knowing God and living like Jesus. If I just see this as a rule book, then I'm just gonna, first off, there's many reasons why people aren't following the Lord anymore or attending church anymore or calling themselves Christians anymore is they don't just wanna have a bunch of rules. But that's they're seeing this wrongly, if that's how they see it, because it's primarily a gateway to impossibilities that were previously impossible and now they are possible because of what Jesus has done and he has set me free and I could live a different way. I personally have barely tapped into the possibilities of how I can live in this manner of Jesus. And I want to forever keep pressing into this and keep living by faith and live by faith more than I ever have. Not rest on any laurels. I want to move forward. I want to be more like Jesus. I want 10 years from now to look a whole lot better than I do right now in my spirit man, in my faith, that you would be able to say, man, Matt looks a whole lot more like Jesus than he did a decade ago. I want that. I want to behave like him more. You want that, right? I've seen a few things I want to see even more. I want to tell you a couple of stories simply to, I'm stirring up my own faith at the same time of the kind of life that we get to live. And they're just, it's innumerable because God is so personal and his spirit is so large and so powerful that anything can happen at any time. For those who are believing, just as John 14, 12 said, that Jesus said, anyone who believes, you can do the same things I did, even greater. So you have no idea what those greater things are or the amazing things that you can have every day. I remember um, praying one day I was on the side of a mountain about an hour from here. I was praying, had my Bible, just seeking the Lord. Not necessarily expecting a whole lot, but just praying, bringing some things before the Lord. And I looked down and there was a hawk feather, good size hawk feather actually. And I picked it up and had this thought, and see so many times, we'll get to that in a moment. Had this thought, I wonder if God is trying to say something to me. Just that simple thing. I picked it up and um, I thought, you know, maybe he is. So I looked at my concordance in my Bible at that moment for hawk, and there was one reference, and it was in Job. And it said, as the hawk stretches its wings towards the south. And as soon as I read that, I then like felt in my spirit, the Lord was saying, move south. I thought, okay, I'm not exactly what to do with all that. I've got a hawk feather in my hand, and I've just got a scripture, and now I feel like I'm supposed to move. So I got up from the rock and I took a step and there was another hawk feather. It was a little bit shorter. I picked it up and there was another one. It was a little bit shorter. I picked it up and another one, a little bit shorter than that. And then I thought, I've got my hands full of hawk feathers. And then there was this tiny little baby feather. And I felt like the Lord was saying, each one of these feathers represents a member of your family. And I want you to move south. And I thought, and... I thought, well, every member, but we have a baby feather that we don't have yet. <laughs> but I kept it. And I got to the car and we started driving down the mountain. I was with another couple of guys up there praying. And we drove off this mountain and we started driving home. And I look, this is honest to God truth. You can go there and see this. And there's a street sign we drive by and it says, South Go 4th Street. That's the name <laughs> of the street. It's in Wilkes County. South Go 4th Street. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> South, so okay, Lord. So I, got, I went home, surprised my wife, we're moving. Put a, put a for sale sign in my yard. And it didn't sell. And we looked for a home for quite a while. And several months later, uh, it was actually on my birthday, decided to take a trip south of town, looking again for a, a home. And I'm driving on this road in this neighborhood that's way south of, the, of Charlotte. And um had, our little, had one of our oldest son with us. Actually, we probably had two or three. But um, our oldest one was strapped in. He was, I uh, th- think, three years old or so, maybe four. He strapped in. And we get to this long gravel driveway, and there's a house, there's a for sale sign up front, and there's, I could see a house back there in the woods. And I thought, uh, it looks a little bit like a dollhouse to me. That was my first thought. And my wife said, uh, Matt, can we go see that house? I thought, uh. okay. So I drive down the road, as we go down this road, all of a sudden, Josiah, our oldest from the back seat, says, That's my house. You Three years old or whatever. That's my house. As he says that, this humongous hawk flies out of a tree right in front of our windshield and lands in the tree. There was one tree really close to the house. It lands in that tree. And my hair is standing up on the back of my neck. And that hawk didn't leave. We got out. We walked around the house looking at this hawk. He didn't leave. Walked around the whole house. We ended up—long story that I've already told. Shorter is that we bought the house. We ended up living there, and that was kind of pretty supernatural. How God led us there, and knew we were supposed to be there. While I was there, um, one night I had a dream. In the dream, I dreamt about these people that I knew in real life that were so bitter. And in real life, they were really bitter. They were angry at leaders in ministry. They were um, just super bitter through and through. I woke up from that dream and I felt clearly that the Lord was trying to say something to me for someone, but I didn't know what. So I asked a, a, a kind of a dangerous question. Lord, would you show me more? Is there something about this that you want me to do? First, is it me? And if not, is there something I'm supposed to do? This dream was so vivid. I closed my eyes, just waited for a moment, and all of a sudden I see what I would call an, a vision, an open vision. And it's a phone number, it's got 10 digits, 704, da 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 da. da, da, da. Ten-digit number. And then I thought, oh no, now what do I do? I've got a phone number. I've got a dream. Now, Lord, now what? So I said, what do you want me to do? And I felt like the Lord said, I want you to call this person and talk to them. They represent the person in the dream and encourage them in a certain way. So I called. I was still in bed. I called this number. Trepidation. Not sure what's going on. This um, woman answers the phone. And I said, I'm sorry, my name is Matt. I'm sorry to bother you this morning, but I feel like I have something from the Lord for you. And they stayed on the phone. (laughs) She said, okay. I said, I don't know who you are. I don't know your name, but I had this dream and I feel like the Lord wants you to know that you are, he wants to set you free if you'll forgive the people who hurt you. So I didn't have it in church context or anything like that. And she said, oh my God, I've heard about these things. She said, I've heard about these things happening before, but it's never happened to me. And she said that today I'm getting dressed, I'm going to court and I'm suing my pastor. <laughs> That's a really true story, true story. She said, I'm going, I'm suing, I'm so angry. I'm so, and so were, she was on her way to court that day. And I said, well, I don't know about your situation. All I know is what I have. And the Lord doesn't want you bitter. He wants you, he wants you free. He wants you to forgive. It's, it's, it's time to forgive. And then she went on and told me a little bit about the story and I knew the pastor, which was really weird too. I'd never told him, by the way, any of that. And I don't even know what happened. I didn't follow up with her, I have no idea. But here's what I realized was that was supernatural. Right? Getting a dream, the Lord speaking to me for someone I've never met and yet to, phone number. This is the life that you and I get to live though. Because God speaks to us and I'm not special above anybody else, zero. We are all in this, every one of us. And there are these dangerous things, wonderfully dangerous that we can do when we say, God, what are you saying? Yes. Would you make that clear? Would you, would you say some more? Because we, Jesus said this, I'm the light of the world while I'm in the world. But then he said, you are the light of the world. Yes. You are the light of the world. The things that Jesus did, the manner in which he walked, the manner in which he lived is your calling. It's my calling. You can get supernatural information to give it away, to help set people free. The healing that Jesus purchased, we can give away through our hands. We don't have to earn it. He earned it all. Yet we're called to be this light. Now, after that happened, that built my faith so much it was like, God, give me another dream. <laughs> Let me see a number. I mean, that's a blast at the same time. Honestly, you, you, know, you know that you know God uses you and then you're just like, oh my goodness, Lord, let's do this again somehow. It never happens the same way, <laughs> right? Because he never wants it to become a formula. You know what witchcraft is? It's formulas. That's witchcraft. God doesn't work through witchcraft, He works by His Spirit. We're led by Him, He does things different. He's so unique. Every, think about this every snowflake is unique. Every fingerprint, how in the world is that even possible? Because he's the God of the impossible. He does everything in a unique fashion, but he wants to use you and I. I remember walking into a room one day, I was going to teach some, and uh, I walked by this lady, and she just stood out to me, and I got a heart for her, and she reminded me of someone who had um, reminded me of actually my former pastor's uh, wife, who he had committed adultery and blamed her for it. And when I I just kept thinking about how she must be feeling, then this lady reminded me of her. I said, Lord, is there something you want me to say? In fact, the Lord said, yes. You tell her it's not her fault. So here's a lady I didn't know, didn't know her name. And I just said, hey, I feel like the Lord has a message for you. She said, what? She's sitting there. I didn't know any of her backstory. I said, the Lord says It's not your fault. And when I said that, she just broke down and she had the exact same story that I had imagined in my mind from my pastor's wife. Her husband had committed adultery, blamed her. She wasn't enough. She, this, that, and the other. So he had to do this. And she was carrying this lie and this shame that it was her fault. And the Lord just in a moment to use me in a moment just to say that helped break something off of her that was not supposed to be on her. Right? you. This is what you and I get to do. I remember looking in the mirror one day. Had my shirt off after getting out of the shower, and I, I recognize I've got a birthmark right here. And this thought was, wait a minute. That's the exact shape of the nation I lived in for two years. This is the exact same shape. I have one, I'm not going to show you, but I have it right here. <laughs> it's the exact shape of the country of Sri Lanka. I lived in Sri Lanka for two years. And I recognized in that moment, you've got to be kidding me. God marked my body with a map of where I would live in the future. And I didn't pay attention until I got back years later. And I recognized. So then I'm paying attention from there on out. It's like, you know. And then I did, but still I didn't figure anything out. And then one day I was looking in the mirror again. And I see on, right here in my rib cage is another birthmark. And I said, Lord, does that mean mean anything? I'm by myself in the bathroom. Does that mean anything? Instantly I heard, it was just, it wasn't audible, but it was loud internal. I heard Burkina Faso. And I thought, oh my goodness, Burkina Faso. The only thing I know about Burkina Faso is the capital is (laughs) Ouagadougou, which is true. But I I didn't know where it was in in Africa. It was in Africa. So I went to the office, I pulled it up online, I put a piece of paper and I traced it. It's the exact same shape as this birthmark. So then I start saying, Lord, now what? What am I supposed to do with this? So I waited for a couple of years, two or three years. I didn't feel like I had any clarity. Finally, I said uh, to my assistant one day, okay, would you find out what a ticket cost to Burkina Fossil? And so she gets back with me later in the day and she said, Matt, you're not going to believe this. I got a phone call today from a man from Burkina Faso. Out of the blue. And he's wanting, if, he wanting to know, he found Hydrating Humanity online and he's wanting to know if we could partner with him in some way because his village needs clean water. And I thought, oh, you, wow. So there's clearly I need to communicate with this guy. And that led to us actually providing a well for him in his home village in Burkina Faso. Now those things, that seems weird. I'm okay with that. That is weird. That I've got birthmarks on my body that represent nations. You probably do too, by the way. So don't judge me yet. Because God is God. He made us, he can do anything and he wants to use us in this journey that's the greatest adventure of all time. If we don't just get in the world's, have the world's mindset, but God's mindset, then this world is a place for us to be Jesus in, not to be abused by or be offended by everything going on, which is easy to do. Listen, we can just, I could start lining up offenses right now. We could just go down the list and get you all riled up. What good does that do? None. But here's what does good. Let's stir one another up in faith. Let's stir one another up in faith to good works, to being light, to sharing kindness and the love of Jesus, to changing what's going on in the earth, right? That's what we're here for. We're here to do that, to be like Jesus. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The kingdom of God does not consist of words, but of power. The kingdom of God does not consist of words, but of power. Your kingdom, the kingdom you're in, is a powerful kingdom. And if my mind is renewed, then I recognize that, and I start living that way, knowing that my prayers have effect, knowing that my words have power, Knowing not only what I pray, but what I say means something. And that I have encouragement. I have a wellspring of encouragement on the inside of me because the Spirit of God is on the inside of me. It says rivers will overflow out of me. That's what Jesus said. The same of you. You have a river on the inside. You have a river on the inside. Did you recognize that when you woke up this morning? Did you wake up thinking, guess what? There's a river on the inside of me. Wow. But It's true. John said that. Excuse me, John wrote that. Jesus said it. Okay. Jesus is speaking to us. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us every day if we're paying attention. A lot of times, I'm not paying attention. Many times, I'm distracted by other things and I'm not thinking God wants to use me today. I recognize this, though, that throughout my life, every time that I have recognized God, Proverbs 3 says, acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways, he'll direct your path. If we will acknowledge him, new covenant, acknowledge him in all of our ways, this is a Matt scripture. If you acknowledge the Holy Spirit in all of your ways, he will fill and flow through you. That's just what he does. And if we will... Um, be that awakened like we talked about in the song today. He will do things. He will speak to you. He is speaking to you. We will simply recognize that he already is. He's talking all the time. But most of the time, I'm tuned out. There was a a time in my life. This was not a time in my life. This is recently. I have an iPhone, okay? And I got really frustrated with it. I wanted to throw it. Because I was not receiving calls. I could go on the internet, I could send text. I could make calls, I'm not receiving calls. I called T-Mobile, who's the carrier I use, I'm talking to them about it, they don't know what to do. And I was with a friend one day, and he saw my phone, and he said, hey Matt, how come you have your do not disturb button pressed on there? <laughs> so for months I'm angry at T-Mobile, at Apple. It's lousy stuff, doesn't work. People are leaving me messages, I'm getting them, I never get a phone call. And it's operator error. Somehow, at some point, I pressed do not disturb and I never took it off. That setting in my phone inhibited me from receiving. It kept me from hearing what anyone wanted to say to me. There are settings right here that keep us from hearing what God is saying every day. One of them is if we doubt that he can speak to me, he will speak to other people. He'll use other people, but not me. That's a setting. Just turn it off. I'm not gonna hear anything from the Lord. But he turned that baby on. God, God has been talking to us. I'm his son. You're his daughter. We all get to hear from his spirit. He's talking all the time. If that is on, then guess what? I'm going to start paying attention to that. All of a sudden, I realize, oh man, he's calling me. Oh, he's saying something. Oh, there's this thought came into my mind about this. Lord, is that you? Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no. But you start having this journey greater than ever before if that setting is on, that God wants to speak to me today. There are all kinds of other settings. You know, bitterness is one of those settings. You put the, If bitterness is in there, it's hard to hear stuff from the Lord. We've got to forgive. The call of every Christian is to forgive. To forgive for everything that's ever been done to us. And you know what? Sometimes you have to do that every day. Sometimes it's every week. Sometimes it's several times a day. While we were worshiping here, a thought came into my mind of someone who'd done something to me in the past. It was so vivid. It's like I was there in that room and I recognize, wait a minute, the enemy's trying to, go. Uh, I know. He's trying to get me to get some unforgiveness going right now before I get up to speak. I'm not buying it. I forgive that guy all over again. And I'm not going to start thinking about that experience right now. That is flush. That is gone. I'm going to stay clear and clean so God can speak through me today, right? We need to, we've got to be vigilant with those thoughts, Ruthless with those thoughts in many ways. Romans 8 says, it's as if God knew the future. Can you believe that? He prophesies, Romans 8, listen to this. Verse 6 For the mind set on the flesh, the natural things, selfishness, is death. The mind set on the flesh is death. And we're talking about settings. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. Verse 14, jumping ahead a few. For all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So you can set your mind in one of two ways. Set on the flesh, the natural, or set it on the spiritual. You set that, Lord, my mind is set on you. I can hear from you. You're speaking to me. I'm forgiven. Your spirit lives in the, on the inside of me. I'm a son of God. I'm here with a purpose. What do you want to do today, Lord? Who is it that you want to minister to? Who do you want to touch, reach through me? I can make that setting. My mind set on the spirit. And then I'm led by him. It's a beautiful passage. And I think we all need to Keep that button on, on the inside, all of our settings, set right in him. Okay, regardless of what you do for a living, regardless of your background, regardless of how you grew up, whether you grew up in a Christian home or not, regardless of how many times you've been offended and wounded, and mistreated, regardless of skill set, all of those things, regardless of all those things, nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus and nothing, unless you allow it, can stop you from walking in the manner of Jesus, from walking the way that he walked, from living the way that he lived. A lot of it has to do with us believing, having faith, believing in him, allowing these things to happen, but he wants to use us all the time. I know you know this, I've said this before as well, but again, I'm, I'm trying to stir us up to belief, to action, to faith, to being light all over again. You have a supernatural life to live. One of the first scriptures I read in the beginning was about the glory of the Father covering the earth. Jesus saying, glorify your name. And he says, I have and I will again. And then Jesus said this other thing in John 15, 8. He said, my Father is glorified in this. Do you know what this is? How is the Father glorified? Jesus explains it. This is how my Father's glorified in the earth. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. When we bear fruit, the Father gets glory. The knowledge of the Lord, the glory of the Lord covering the seas, the earth like the water covers the seas, is us bearing fruit and his name gets lifted up. It's us being channels of his love and his kindness and his prophetic encouragement and all of those things. It's you and I. And there's nothing that can stop you, if, if, you uh, if you don't allow it to. If you keep that setting on, keep your heart wide open to him. Say, God, you can use me as much as you can use anybody. He's not a respecter of persons in that way. His spirit will move through any of us that, he, that will allow him, that want him, that believe in him. So would you um, take some action with me today? How about we do this, practical? Would you mind closing your eyes for a second? Let's do this. I want you to think about someone. Now that's a pretty broad topic. Maybe someone you know. Think about someone you know, and Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would put the right person in our thoughts right now and in our heart. So it could be uh, maybe that first person that came that flashed in your mind. Maybe it was a neighbor, family member, child, coworker, someone who's done you wrong, someone who's done you right. Whoever that person is, kind of zero in on that person for a moment. Does everybody have somebody you're thinking of? Just one person. Now let's ask, the, let's take it another level and ask the Lord for something to help them, something encouraging. So Lord, we just ask right now that for that person that's in our mind, whoever it is, distant or close, relative, friend or enemy, whatever that is, we ask you that you would speak to us on their behalf ask that you give us a word of encouragement, that you give us something. And some of you are starting to see things. You'll see uh, maybe an image of something or maybe a scripture comes to mind. Maybe an experience from your past jumps up and there's a message in it for them. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says that the prophetic, which we should earnestly desire, It's to build up, it's to encourage, it's to edify. So one of the things that God wants to do right now is what he's given you is something to encourage, build up, or edify someone else with. And if you don't understand what you received, ask the Lord for more. Help me understand this. I was like me with the feathers. By the way, the baby feather, we had another baby, but... I forgot to mention that. Let's just ask the Lord, though. Lord, how do you want us to, what do you want us to say? Whatever you've given to me, how can I give that away to encourage that someone? And it could be information that is not natural information. But encouraging. Take just a few more seconds is you're processing this with the Lord. And again, so many times the way this works is not where you're striving. It's where you're simply just open and asking. And it'll be that usually the first thing that comes to your mind, the first thing that comes to your thoughts of that person. And then don't project what you'd like to have happen necessarily, but receive whatever the Lord wants to say. For some of the people that you have seen in your mind, maybe you're supposed to forgive, maybe apologize to, or to encourage. Or maybe you're supposed to give them something. Something of value. Okay. I'm guessing most of you had something for someone, right? So I want to encourage you to do a couple things. One, Let's take the next few seconds, and you can take out your phone in church and text them. Sure. So that would be one way to communicate with whatever God gave you for them. If you have their number, you can text them an encouraging word, whatever you just received, that would be encouraging to them, that would help them. You can send that to them, or you can call them later. You can email them. Maybe you need to pray some more about that thing first. And the Lord will kind of refine it, and you you give it away. Sometimes it's that we are to do something, maybe give them something. But this is a part, just a small part, of us being walking in the manner of Jesus. I know he didn't have a cell phone to text with, but I think he would have if he had one. I think he would have texted some encouragement to some people. This one way that we can do this. And let's be praying for them too. Is this a little scary? I know if you've never done this before, it's a little bit weird, but guess what? Even if you don't do it right and it's encouraging, it's not going to do any harm. And even when you say right, they may not feel like this is accurate, but maybe it's the timing thing. So you can't judge it before you give it because you don't know what that is. Just as the Lord was speaking to me, gave me that phone number, I'm supposed to talk about this bitterness thing, and the Lord wants him to forgive. Man, I had no clue how this was going to land. Didn't even know the person. But this is how the Spirit of God works. He gives you things to give away that you don't have all the information in the natural. That's because our mind's not set in the natural. Our mind's set in the spiritual. And then the Lord has given us things to encourage people with, to help set people free with. All right, you guys got super quiet on me as we start doing this. I'm telling you what, as you do this and start to make this a lifestyle of looking to the Lord, if someone in your mind, someone comes to your mind to grab that thought and say, God, are you trying to say something to them through me? Is there something you want me to do? Do you want me to pray for them? When someone just pops in your mind, don't just throw it away. Say, Lord, what are, you, what are you wanting to do? What would you like to say? And all of a sudden, life starts to change and starts to get exciting. Kim, why don't you come on up and share that real quick. Are you okay with that? Kim was hearing something from the Lord for us today, and we'll end with this. You want come up this way? Yeah, you just, yeah, sure. You can stand there. You can use my mic. Here. Okay, this is what he gave me during worship. I've led you through battles, To tap into and grow your faith. Attach yourself to it. Don't let it just be something that happened before. It is who you are. It is to be used and not only for you, but others. Others helped you grow and you are called to help others grow in their faith. This is an incredible journey. Enjoy it. Watch me work. May not be how you thought, but will be more than you can ever imagine. That's awesome. How about that? That's a right word that goes really along with what the Lord's saying today for us. This is a journey. Enjoy it. Step out. Let's not live anything less than walking in the manner of Jesus. All right? Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for what these, even these encouraging words are going to do through the people that they're sent to by text or voice or prayer, whatever that, however that happens. And Lord, I ask that you continue to stir us in faith to live in this manner to walk in this manner. I bless all who are here, Lord, and all who are watching. And I ask, Lord, for your supernatural to be energized on the inside of us, that we would read and eat this word, and then we would take action and be light in life and recognize that we are your hands and feet. We are your voice here on the earth. We are the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.